James chapter 5. I will be brief because I'm ready to celebrate baptism. James chapter 5, verse 13. says this. Is anyone among you in trouble? Let them pray. Is anyone happy? Let them sing songs of praise. Is anyone among you sick? Let them call the elders of the church to pray over them and anoint them with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. The Lord will raise them up. If they have sinned, they will be forgiven. Therefore, confess your sins to one another and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The prayer of a righteous person is powerful and effective. Elijah was a human being, even as we are. He prayed earnestly that, we, that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three and a half years. Again, he prayed, and the heavens gave rain, and the earth produced its crop. Well, this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So we've been walking through the book of James, and there are all these imperatives, all these things that he wants us to do. But as I've said time and time again, James understands that, that what we do only happens through the power of the Holy Spirit at work in our life. He's calling us to do these things, but he's, he's, he's working under the assumption that we are participating and partnering with God in, in this way to live. And that's never been more clear than when he, he closes this letter that has so many imperatives about how to live and so many life hacks for how to be wise in the world. He closes this letter reminding us of the importance of prayer. He says prayer is powerful and effective. Prayer accomplishes something. Prayer connects you to God. And if I could boil my theology of prayer down to one statement, it's tracking right along here with the book of James. I believe prayer connects us to the heart of God. It teaches us who God is so that our life is aligned with the life of God. Primarily, prayer connects us to the heart of God. It aligns our life with the life of God, and it moves the hand of God. It, it, it moves the hand of God so that, that we have the opportunity to partner and to participate with what God is doing in the world. Our prayers, according to James and according to all of Scripture, are powerful and effective. When we come to the Lord in prayer, we join with who God is and we partner with God in what he wants to do in the world. Prayer moves the hand of God, but it begins with the person praying, connecting with the heart of God. I want to share just a few things that I've learned about, about prayer. First of all, one of the things I see here is, is so often we, we come to prayer when we're in a desperate situation, when we're in a tight spot. I'm always amazed at how I'm flipping through the TV and something terrible has happened, something awful has happened, something tragic. And someone, a TV personality who I didn't even think knew how to spell prayer, all of a sudden they're talking about their thoughts and their prayers being with people in the midst of this situation. It reminds me that, that so often we, we go to prayer as a last resort. We go to prayer when things are out of control or when, or when we're desperate or when we don't know where to turn. 
And the tragedy is prayer is an invitation to connect with the heart of God all the time. Not just when the need is most acute and most felt, but, but all the time we're invited to be in the presence of God daily and regularly. I, I hear what James is saying here. This is the heart of what he's saying when he says, is anyone in trouble? Okay, that's the time when you're flipping through the channels and something terrible's happened and you get a terrible push notification on your phone and tragedy is striked and is anyone in trouble? Well, let him pray. But then James says, is anyone happy? Is anyone dedicating a baby? Is anyone here to see some new believers be baptized? But here are these moments when we're happy, when we're joyful. And in the same breath, James is saying, we connect with the heart of God in the bad times and the good times. In the best of times and in the worst of times, we can be in communion with God. We don't have to wait until something goes wrong to be in prayer. What happens? What happens when we pray? First of all, let me, let me just share three things. Prayer is not about doing, but about being. And that's funny in a sermon on James because so much about James is about doing, doing, doing. Get this done. Tame your tongue. Put your faith into action. But he closes his letter out with his emphasis on the divine. He closes this letter out with this, this, this call to look upward and to be reminded that in this world of efficiency that we live in, and we do live in a world that puts deadlines on us, don't we? You were hired to do a job. Those of you that are working, you were hired to do a job. You had certain skills. You had a resume that, that fit with what this company was looking for. And they expect you to show up on time. And they expect you to work until it's time to leave. And they expect you to do stuff to get stuff done, to return emails, to come up with solutions. What if you walked into work on Monday and you told your boss, you know what, today is a day where I'm just going to be. I'm just going to be. I just want you to enjoy my presence here in this, in this workplace. We live in a world of doing we live in a world of efficiency. We live in a world where we've got to get stuff done. But prayer is not about doing. It's about being. It's about this invitation to be in the presence of God. And who embodied that better than Jesus? Matt, uh, Luke chapter 5 says this, Yet the news about Jesus spread all the more. Crowds of people came near him to be healed of their sicknesses, but Jesus often withdrew to lonely places and prayed. Think about that. Jesus, you've got a job to do. You're on mission from the Father. You've got people to heal, teachings to give, the kingdom of God to advance. And so all these people come out and they're sick and they want Jesus to heal them. But this is a point in the story where Jesus doesn't heal those that have come out to him. He withdraws to a lonely place and he prays. Because Jesus recognized that by being incarnate in the flesh, there were three realities that he dealt with. One of which was he was bound by time and space, just like you are. You can't be in two places at one time. He had physical hunger. 
Jesus had physical hunger. He had physical needs. And he had emotional fatigue. And so if Jesus was subject to all those things, then we are as well. And so we need to recognize that we have to make time to be, to get away, to retreat, to connect with the heart of God. I've also found this to be true about prayer. It's not about talking, but about listening. It's not about talking, but about listening. Sometimes you think you have to have the right thing to say or the right format or the right formula. <laughs> and, and believe me, I, I'm one to, to talk to you about this. Um, there, was a, <laughs> there was a moment that I'm not proud of. Um, I, most people think I should have been proud of it, but I was asked to pray at the mayor's prayer breakfast in Bentonville, Arkansas. And so I had a prayer prepared and and it was my turn to pray for a certain segment of the civic life there. And so I went to the podium and I offered my prayer and I went back to my table and the pastor after me, she went up and she offered her prayer and, and she came and she sat down. And, and somewhere in between that, you know, we, we have our heads bowed and a reporter from the local newspaper, apparently it was a slow news cycle, but was covering the National Day of Prayer and she, and the reporter got our picture. And the next day on the front page of the paper, Arkansas, Democrat, and Gazette, there's me and this other pastor with our heads reverently bowed, praying on the front page of the paper. You would normally be proud of that, right? Uh, but Jesus told stories about people who prayed in public. Jesus told stories about people that prayed to be seen and uh, Someone said, aren't you excited? Your picture's on the front page of the paper. I'm like, no, have you read the Gospels? <laughs> These are the people always fighting with Jesus because they thought it was about talking. They thought it was about having all the right answers and they never took time to listen. So when we pray, it's not about what we say. It's about listening to what God says. Mother Teresa said, I don't talk. I simply listen. And then they said, well, what does God say? And she said, he doesn't talk, he listens as well. Our world is very capable of hearing, but they don't have the skills to listen. And in prayer, this great need of your soul to know and to be known, it's met when we enter into relationship with God and we listen. Prayer is not about results, but it's about relationship. It's not about results. It's about relationship. I bet you've got something on your prayer list right now. James said, is anyone sick? Let them come before the elders of the church. Let them lay hands upon them. Let's pray for their healing. And we do that. And I've got several stories of moments where that's happened and we've laid hands and, and God has moved and people have been healed and we give God all the glory and all the praise. But we don't do that because we want that result. Prayer isn't efficacious. Prayer isn't powerful and effective if it works, if we get what we want. Prayer is powerful and efficacious because it puts us in right relationship with God, who promises his presence in the midst of whatever you're going through. And so... I'm reminded of Paul. In Corinthians, he had a thorn in his flesh. That's a great image. 
of something that he wanted it to go away. He wanted God to fix it. He wanted results. And God did not do what Paul prayed for God to do. But what Paul ultimately concludes in that moment is that God came to him and said, Paul, my power is made perfect in your weakness. My power is made complete, whole, perfect. It fulfills the purpose for which it was created in your weakness. And Paul experienced a depth of relationship with God that he could not experience any other way. And so we, we go to the Lord in prayer, not because we demand results, but because we desperately want to be in relationship with God. And we know that this thorn in our flesh, we know that this difficult season, we know that we can't do it alone and we need the relationship. We need his presence We need to know that a God who has it all under control is walking with us every step of the way.